The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Food for Thought. Your table is now ready. Your servers will be Nate Geary and Bruce Nolan. Our specials today are cold, hard facts and fresh, hot takes. Can I get you started with... I'm sorry, just one moment. Can I get a little energy in here? Serving it up to you live on the Buffalo Rumblings Midcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. I'm Bruce Nolan. That decked out man next to me is Nate Geary. And this is Food for Thought, a show combining two of your three favorite F words. That's right, food and football. The third one is freneticism this evening. It's a made up word. It is absolutely not a made up word. Freneticism. Go ahead and look it up. We Google things on the show. That's what we do. Freneticism. I, don't even, I wouldn't even know how to spell it. Because that is the way that we're feeling. Because Nate Geary jumped on at exactly 9 o'clock today because he's having yeah. some technical problems. So frenetic is the way that we are feeling. Freneticism is the noun. So, Mr. Geary, how are you doing this evening? Oh, Bruce, I'm well. I've... um. Could you say I've been being slightly bullied online this week? I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't seen anything. I, th- I think you've been bullying me online a little bit. I've been bullying you online. How have I been bullying you online? You know what? See, that's just like Nick Geary. He's going to say I've been bullying him online, and then he's just going to disconnect. He's just gone. Just completely gone. Poof. Out into the ether. He's gone. While he's gone, a reminder that this show and every show on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network is presented by Picasso's Pizza because we want you to treat yourself, treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide order online at picassospizza.net. We got some people in the comments section. JR, always good to see you, my man. He says, now remember, a dolphin is not a fish, so trample the mammal. You know what, JR? I would like to change the hashtag, squish the fish, to trample the mammal, specifically because of what you just said. I really admire that. I might watch Ace Ventura Pet Detective in preparation for this game. Richard Rush in the comments section. Richard, good to see you, man. Tuna salad time, he says. Tuna salad time. A reminder that you got to hit all the engagement buttons for me. Like, subscribe, rate, review, super chats at or greater than $10 will get yourself a Genesee pint glass. Follow at Genesee Brewery on Twitter and DM at Nate Geary Sports proof of the super chat and the Genesee follow with your address and he will get you a copy of it. So, moving along, we are going to talk today about momentum foods. And no, I'm not talking about beer. When I say momentum foods, I mean stuff you get on a roll with. You start eating it, 
you kind of get on a roll. It gets almost a little easier as you go. And I'm not talking about beer, although Food for Thought is presented proudly by Genesee Brewing Company. Since 1878, Genesee has poured generations of brewing knowledge into each pint, can, and bottle of their beer. They make no sacrifices when it comes to their beer, brewing each with the highest quality ingredients for a consistently great drinking experience. Look for Genesee Beer, Genesee Light, Cream Ale, and their specialty line with beers like Ruby Red Kolsch and Oktoberfest, Genesee Brewery, Rochester, New York. Momentum Foods. Foods you can get on a roll with. And I'll start with me because Nate's not here. My momentum food is potato chips. And I would like to dive into a little bit of the chemist side of that. I'm not a huge potato chip guy. I'm not a huge eat the potato chips out of the bag kind of guy. But there's a reason why they're so addictive. And it's because of the salt. One of the things that salty snacks do to you is they trick your body into believing that you're hungrier when you are than you actually are. One of the things that consistently leads to overeating is under drinking. And I don't mean under drinking like beer. I mean under drinking like water. Like your body is dehydrated. And sometimes your body can confuse thirst with hunger. You think you're hungry, but you're not. You're just thirsty. But it doesn't land like that. And that's why some of those salty snacks can be so addictive. They can be so momentum-based. Because the more you eat of it, the hungrier you feel like you actually are before the carbs catch up with you. So for me, momentum food is specifically potato chips. Now, any salty snack can be used. But it's mostly because as you eat them, you feel like you're still hungry. But you're not. You're thirsty. But your body is confused. And I think that has a lot to do with what we're going to talk about today. Today. Tonight, this morning, Today, this tonight. Whenever, whenever it is that you're actually listening to this pod. How's when my comes audio, to, by the way, Bruce? Do I sound it's okay? It's not bad. It's not bad. I just, you know, for whatever reason, now this isn't working. You know, I'm just, <clears throat> it's a, it's a, it's Dolphins Week. If it's I've Dolphins ever, Week. It's it absolutely. is you know, Dolphins Week. You know I'm what? being it, sabotaged by Dolphins You're being fans. sabotaged by Dolphins fans. That's exactly yep. what it is. Yep. You know, I just finished talking about momentum foods for me. Mm-hmm. And for me, it is potato chips and salty foods specifically. And I talked about the chemistry reason behind that, but I'm going to have you jump right in right now and talk a little bit about your momentum food. So when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about like, okay, when I'm going, when I'm moving along and I'm hungry and I'm looking for something, or I've already had dinner, and I'm at home watching TV, watching a game, but I got that like little extra hungry left in me and I don't want to do dishes and I don't want to do the whole thing. I don't want to stop the momentum, right? Cheese and crackers is big in this house. So, you know, like we go like the extra sharp cheese, cheddar, of course, and of course. The, thin, the thin triscuits because the thin triscuits really are, to me, the, first of all, you don't get the, um, the assault of your mouth. Um, you know, like you're not going to have like, giant scrapes and scratches on the inside of your mouth when you go with the 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 triangular thin are you are you familiar i am familiar with the are, you a trisket, thin. are you are you are you i am guy? a trisket guy and i am an extra shark cheddar guy you and i are wired similarly in the cheese and crackers status i like wheat thins but triscuits hold up better triscuits hold up better and so they um triscuit has this parmesan thin wheat uh the parmesan thin triscuit oh and it's money because it goes with a bunch and so like you know we've got a couple of different types of jams typically it's like an apricot but there's in there the other day what did we have it was like a a a smoky bacon jam fantastic um so you get a little bit of everything in there right you you get your sweet tooth if you got a sweet tooth you go with a sweet jam and if you're looking for that savory you've got the and, and like, I like to throw a little craisin on there too, at the top, you know, a little, um, you know, a little dried cranberry. I think it like kind of, you can like make your own little sandwich with it and you could eat pretty much as many as you want and not feel terrible. So it's kind of like the perfect, I'm not messing up your momentum type of, we call it a meal or do we want to call it like, um, cause it's not really a snack as much. I mean, it is a snack, but it's like, um, it's not an hors d'oeuvre. It's a dish. Is it? Yeah, it's just a standard dish. Why not? I think it's 
Unless you want to go snack. You want to go appetizer? No, because I, I, what I was describing is not an appetizer. It's not like before the meal. Most of the time, it's after my meal. Um, I mean, it could be used as an appetizer, though, for sure. sure. I'm just... I don't know, Bruce. I, I don't know what to call cheese and crackers. Is, is it an hors d'oeuvre? Can we call it an hors d'oeuvre? Well, let's call it an hors d'oeuvre. Right, I'm, this I'm fine with is it. Is it a finger food that one would potentially pass around at like a party? Sure. Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah. So let's go hors d'oeuvre then. I'm good with hors d'oeuvre. Hors d'oeuvre it is. We're just solving the world's problems, Nate. That's what we're um, doing. Did I see here that uh, that Padden's in Miami? Padden's in, Padden's in Miami. Welcome to Miami. Yeah. Uh, Good for you, Patton. Um, could you, while you're down there, uh, you should drop little flyers with my face on it and see if anybody picks them up. You're really popular in Miami, I hear. And I go there a lot too. People don't know. So here's the thing, Bruce. And, and before we get into the rest of this, and and we could we'll get into more of this later. The Miami fan base has decided to go nuclear. And I'm always of the mind, even now, with the Bills as good as they are, to be confident, borderline cocky. And that's kind of how, as an athlete, of you, especially when you play the quarterback position your whole life, the things my coaches, you always tell like the good quarterbacks, they're confident, they're borderline cocky, but they don't cross that line. And right now, they're just zero hedging. Bruce, there's no hedging happening whatsoever with Dolphins fans. And I caution them because I've maintained a level of conservatism about this game. Because for a lot of reasons, A, I do respect the opponent. Like, I do respect the Dolphins, Bruce. Um, but they are very – here's the thing. For the very different reasons why I hate the Titans, because I hate the Titans, for sure. For a very different reason, I'm starting to hate the Dolphins – but it's through osmosis because their fans are the worst. Um, like they are the, like, you know, they're just classic Florida man. And you know what I mean by that, right? Like, you know, you read the paper, you go on, on Twitter and you see a headline that says Florida man. That is just like 75% of their fan base. Um, but the levels Bruce that they are going leaves no doubt. It leaves no other alternative. If they don't win Bruce, I don't know that I'll be able to hold back any longer. Like I will, Bruce, I have been bookmarking tweets. Like, uh, I mean, let me just quickly pull up my Twitter and scroll so I can show you guys the amount of bookmarked Dolphins fans tweets that I have right now. I just, I've hedged a little bit. I'm confident. I believe the Bills will win. But, I mean... Where, how do I? Uh, is it up here? Oh, there, it is up there here. you okay. go. There you go. I didn't know. This I didn't know. Great, I this is this great camera. audio content, by the way. A lot of it's just from this dude here. This uh, this Valley Boys Sports. Now, who all of you follow. It is very, very important that you know this. Very important. Valley Boy Sports is a troll account run by someone who actually doesn't like Tua. No. No, that's not true. Okay. Well. Well. Okay, so Kevin Garrard, who's a member of Buffalo Fanatics, who's a Dolphins fan, is the one who told me this. And I trust the Dolphins fan to tell me this. No he doesn't shot, like, dude. He doesn't like him either. I don't believe that. I I know. Why would he lie? See, like, like Jeremy Klump, he is a ironic Dolphins fan who but, does not like Tua. But that Klump guy? is the guy who runs Valley Sports. No. That, yes, that's the same guy. No, 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 no. I'm pushing back hard on that. Okay, well, uh, I'll tell you. I'll, 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 I'm going to pull this up, and I'm so glad that we're we're having this discussion right here. Um, I'm so glad this is this is great content for the audio listeners. No, I I know Jeremy Klump. There's no way that he runs that other campaign, that, that other account. No shot. Oh, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. Um, you're mistaken, Bruce, and that's okay. Well, you know, you talking. can't be right all the time. You Keep can't talking. be right all the I'll time. I'll find it. And, and this is for the for the first time. Well, not for the first time. Me and Miss Nolan, we vibe. I mean, we, her oh, yeah. and I are on the same wavelength about a lot of things. But no more than right now. Bruce, you got to – you're wrong here. Okay, so this is the quote from Kevin, right, who told me, dude, this is a troll account. Valuable Sports is run by Professor Klump, who is a Tua hater. Direct from the Dolphins fan to me. 
who has no reason to lie, mind you. <laughs> no reason to lie. After I figured that out, I went ahead and just blocked the account and moved on. So I'm not going to be dunking on him at Valley all. Valley Boys Sports. Yes. That's what it's called, right? Yes. So while you were looking that up, we have some comments here. Trey Hardy says, Florida man, Tua is the better version of Josh Allen, is how Twitter <laughs> has felt this week. <laughs> yes. Patton says, this is why you got to tune into the show. Yes, this is the riveting content yeah. that, that we're talking about. Bruce, I just... I. I, I, a part of me gets it. And, and Aaron Quinn had the perfect tweet. Did you see his tweet? I did. The, the Patriots did. tweet where the Patriots tweet, for all yeah. those years, this is probably how Patriots fans kind of viewed me. And he's like, it's embarrassing. I was like, yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, this is exactly how they viewed us. Uh, and I mean, rightfully so, right? But there wasn't, there's just not a level of, and part of it could just be trolling, right? And I, And to your point, I don't, I'm not the best. I don't understand trolling to me, to be honest. Like I just am who I am and that's who I am on social media. Like Correct. it's not, it's not a facade like you, you know, you're exactly who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's literally nothing at all no. different about me no, on social is, media than no, it's hundred percent accurate. Just, it is just you on your birth certificate. This is who you are. <laughs> yes. Bruce Nolan right here on the birth Bruce certificate. Nolan. Bruce exclusive. It says it in small writing on your, on your, uh, on your birth certificate. No, I would, like, ne I would never de deceive anyone about who I like, actually am. <laughs> and I'm genuine about this, Bruce. I don't have a burner account. I swear to God. I don't. People ask me all the time. People don't, a lot of people don't believe that people will tag me and stuff. Be like, this got to be Gary's burner. I don't have one because I don't, I don't understand that whole vibe. I don't, there's a lot of things about social media. I don't understand, but the approach that dolphins fans are taking it's just a slippery slope, man. Like, you know, because what happens? What happens when they probably lose? I mean, the Bills have a superior quarterback. They have the best quarterback, the best pass rusher. It's really close with receiver. If, if it's not a dead even, there's very different digs and hill. Very, very different. Better tight end. Better offensive line. If Xavier Howard's not playing, better corners. Um, yeah, I, I just... I get it. They're excited. They should be. That second half that we'll get into here when we do our food simile, like that second half was really impressive for a lot of reasons. And if you were just waiting for Tua to make plays and, and give you some ammunition, you got it. But they scored seven points on offense one week ago, Bruce, against the Patriots, who I don't think are particularly very good. And then they played pretty miserably for the entire first half of that Ravens game, I just, the Bills are three years in to Josh Allen playing at an MVP level. They're three years in to knocking on the door. Dolphins have been here for five minutes. They're like, it's like you throw a really nice party and it's adults and people are being mature. You know, we've got hors d'oeuvres, we're drinking champagne and we've got, you know, liquor like really high-end liquor bourbons and you know bruce it's a it's a black tie affair and then dolphins show up with like beer funnels and you know uh i'm trying to think of what else i would have you know the octobong beer funnel and beer pong and they show up and they kind of crash the party like bro you guys have been here for five minutes it's like the freshmen coming into your senior parties you know like can you guys just relax a minute like you just became relevant. Can you like just chill out for one minute? And and the answer is very clearly no, Bruce. I just, I had to go on, I had to sit on my soapbox there for a second um, because they're not leaving any room to come out of this any other way but a win. It will be bad. It will go badly for them. I made sure I gave you the opportunity when I felt like there was some soapboxing done. Just, there was it's kind of a vibe you get when you're a co-host you're like okay he's on a soapbox i'm just gonna sit back for a second here because he's preaching and you never get in the way of a man when he's preaching because he's got the, the power of god flowing through him you get the whole no spirit he's testifying and so the thing that's interesting to me listening to you make those you know metaphors that you made is i was never a freshman going to senior parties and i was never a senior having freshmen come into my party because i just never went to parties i was never sure. invited to any 
but, so like, I don't you know, really understand went, any of that, but I think I get it conceptually. When I so. went to college, when I went to college, right, and I, I played football at Buff State, and I, I didn't play my senior year, so my junior year, right? Like, you got the freshman that, and you you did the same things when you were a freshman, right? Like, Bills fans did the same stuff for the most part when the Bills first started getting good, right? Like, get used to it, America, and the Josh Allen apology form. Like, those all things that happened, like, six games into them being good. But it was six games, Bruce, not one quarter, not 17 minutes, you know, like I just, it's a little unwarranted. It's a little premature. And I just think that you can enjoy what you can enjoy the renewed sense of optimism without coming off as jerks and not coming off as overly cocky and not coming off as completely dismissive of a team that has spent years earning the right to be in this conversation and you've been in the conversation borderline for eight days support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I have a take. My take is that the narrative and the hype surrounding the Dolphins after their victory over the Baltimore Ravens is based almost entirely on the age of Tua. And I'll tell you why. Mm. Nate, what other team completed a furious last-minute comeback that same day? That same day. Uh, there was another big comeback, wasn't there? Yeah, it was an AFC East team, if I remember correctly. The New York football it was the Jets. New York Jets against the Cleveland Browns. Why on earth are we not hearing the same hype for the New York Jets? Why? Because it's Joe Flacco. That's why. Because nobody yeah. was lulled into thinking that this was the beginning of something magical with right. Joe Flacco. Right. That's the difference. Nobody thought the Browns are a good team, the Ravens are a good team. The Browns are proving this week, we're going to get to it later, they're proving this week with Jacoby Brissett that bigger was a bigger problem than we think. But yeah, when you look at the Jets and they completed a furious comeback, completed with complete with star plays from a young receiver in Garrett Wilson, mm -hmm. and then you have big plays from a young receiver in Jalen Waddell in Miami to come back and beat an AFC North team, there's very significant similarities between Incredibly these two. Incredibly similar. But we're not having nearly the same discussion about the New York Jets as we are with Miami Dolphins. Why? Because it's Joe Flacco. If it with, was Zach Wilson. If it was Zach Wilson, we would. Yeah, Because probably. the age of Tua. If we were doing this right now, and it was Bill's Jets, and it was Zach Wilson who just finished completing that victory and put up the same stat line that Joe Flacco did, Jets fans would be sounding a lot like um, Miami fans. I don't know. I I don't know if I agree, Bruce, and only because I think it's it's been a longer process for the Dolphins, right? Like they this season, the coaching change, um them being a team that had been knocking on the door for the last 3 years, missing out in the playoffs on week 17 and then week 18 and back-to-back -back years. The Jets have been so bad that I don't think a lot of people saved enough space, but particularly Jets fans, saved enough space. I don't know that enough Jets, Jets fans care, Bruce. Do you? 
Like I, I, re- I do, man. Time. You remember? You don't remember Darnold Allen after their first years? Yes, that was all yes. social media for entire offseason was Darnold versus Allen, Darnold versus Allen. And I've never seen Jets fans go at it that strongly until yeah. it was Darnold Allen. I think they just haven't had a reason to because they're they're all their optimism is on a hold because yeah. Wilson's hurt. So no matter whether no matter what they win with Joe Flacco, they still can't project the optimism because it didn't happen with Zach Wilson. If it would have happened with Zach Wilson, it's here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's right. I, I do agree with that. I just maybe it's because I'm so focused on Dolphins fans right now that I don't let enough intellectual space in my brain to think about. Th- there was a time where I I actually really hated Jets fans more than I hated anybody in the division. Um, just like I hate it. Just like you know, it goes in it goes in in phases, Bruce. Like hating the Jets, hating Jets fans, hating I mean pa- hating Patriots fans was a rite of passage. I grew up on it. I'm part of my blood is just hatred towards people of Massachusetts and, and Patriots fans. Um, but this is different. There's, I, I don't know why to me there's this level of disqualification almost, right? Which is, or, or just complete dismissiveness from the Dolphins in recognizing that they are walking into a team. Now, regardless of the injuries, a bleeping buzzsaw, Bruce, a bleeping buzzsaw that absolutely dismantled to I don't know what the Titans are going to be but the Rams are going to be a playoff team right I don't, they're not winning a Super Bowl again but they're going to be a playoff team and Bruce if I'm being honest right now going into week two before we know about the Tua comeback what would have, if, if this week on the docket were the Baltimore Ravens and it wasn't the Dolphins and they weren't coming off that blown that that blown three score lead how what would your confidence level be about beating the Ravens strong not crazy strong because i i'm never crazy strong agree but strong. i agree now transitive properties let's just let's just talk about this for one moment if we shed or if, if we can if you feel very strongly that the bills today prior to knowing what you know about week two this was week two all over again there was bills ravens and you'd feel very strongly about beating the ravens on the road what are we talking about i mean the Ravens dominated that team in the first half. And a lot of what we saw in that second half, yes, credit goes to Tua, credit goes to that offense. A lot of broken coverages. A lot of zero-man blitzes for some insane reason. That defense absolutely is dying for and desperately misses Wink Martindale. Just desperately misses Wink Martindale. Um, if you're not if you're confident about beating the the Ravens, what am I supposed to be concerned about with this Dolphins team? I, at least that's what I'm just trying to think through it that way, right? Because that was a good football game for the most part, but the first half, Bruce, the Baltimore Ravens absolutely dominated that Miami Dolphins team. And Tua, if Brian Flores is the head coach, he's getting yanked in that second half. Ryan Fitzpatrick's coming to the rest yanked. of the Yes. So I don't know. I, I just think it's all, to to watch and and listen. I I have a one of my very good friends is a Dolphins fan. I was golfing with him today. He he likes to play off that he's a sane person. I know deep in here, deep down. I week one when we were when I hosted everybody here on Sunday because we had off because after the Thursday game, he was here watching the Dolphins game, and. These people are unhinged. And I'll tell him to his face that he's unhinged. He, they believe, a, a pretty large faction of them believe that two is just as good as Josh Allen and not, it's not ironic. It's not, it's unironic. Their belief in it. And hey, all the power to you. It is more fun, Bruce, to believe in your football team, right? I mean, it just is. And looking back, Bruce, I think about, the Bills signing Kevin Cobb, right? Hmm. Thinking, thinking, yeah, this is the year. This is the year. I believe in Kevin Cobb. Ah, oh, he slips on a mat. All right, um, EJ Manuel. Oh, you know, there's something. That Carolina game. Oh, week was that was that week one, Bruce? Carolina, the game no, winning touchdown to CB Johnson, week two. Oh, were we on cloud nine or were we on cloud nine? We were eaten we were 
talking about, is this the year we break the drought? This is the year. EJ's the franchise quarterback after that two-minute drive, right? Two minutes convinced 60% of the fan base that they might have something. I get it. But two and on's a real thing, man. It's a real thing. Mothers, sons, brothers, fathers, uncles. They're among us. And they're unhinged, Bruce. They're unhinged. Well, I mean, what else do you say to that? Aside from if they're so unhinged, it's time to it's time to make a uh, make a little food metaphor here. I think that's if, right. If the upcoming Finns Bills game was a food, what kind of food would it be? So I'm gonna go first. Okay, I love it. If it was a food, it would be a giant burrito eating challenge. After you've already had lunch. That's what it is. Very, very specific. There are layers to this. Much like the burrito would very much like have layers. You know, when you when you partake in an eating challenge, you want to make sure that you're prepared. You want to make sure that you have prepped. You don't just willy-nilly into an eating challenge. At least nobody who wants to win does. You prepare. We're going to get into specific eating challenges later. You notice there's going to be a theme to some of my metaphors this evening. But it feels like to me that the Bills-Fins game is a giant burrito challenge after you've already had lunch. Because I was feeling pretty good about this Bills team after week two. I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, let's do it. And then your attention turns to Bills-Fins. And all of the drama that you did not necessarily think you were going to have to deal with. Because the narrative for this game looks a lot different if that fourth quarter doesn't happen. And so now you're not prepared. You're a little caught aback by all the stuff you have to consume this week that you didn't think you were going to have to. Qualitatively, it's a much different conversation than it would have been if that fourth quarter doesn't happen for the Miami Dolphins against the Baltimore Ravens. We had our lunch. It was delicious. We got a W. And then all of a sudden, we turn our attention to the next thing on the menu, and we go, oh, crap. Now I got to deal with burritos. Listen, I can do it. I love burritos. I've eaten a lot of burritos in my day. As have I. But if I would have known that it was going to look like this, I would have prepared a little better. I would have had something ready to go. But meanwhile, I had the Red Zone channel going. I look up, and it's 35 to 17. I'm like, all right, we're okay, cool. Well, I, you know, Dolphins week is going to look like a certain thing. And then two hours later, you go, oh, okay, this is going to be interesting. And the Bills whoop up on the Titans, and you go, okay, well, this isn't going to quite look the way I thought it was going to. I had lunch. I was full. And now I have to consume this burrito. And it's going to be a little harder than I thought it was going to be to consume this burrito. Don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a champ. That's what I do. I eat burritos. Yes, right? you do. That's what I do. I spit, I spit takes and I eat burritos. And I'm all out of takes for the, next, <laughs> for the next 20 seconds. So I'm just going to eat burritos. But to me, that's what it's like. It's like a giant burrito challenge after you've already eaten lunch. Nate, if Bill's Thins was a food, what kind of food would it be? First of all, uh, how do you how do you like the new the new hat here? I love the new hat, and I can tell that you love the new hat, which is more important. I do. My wife has this, this, is, this thing nice that too. she says to me sometimes. She goes, "I can always tell when you think you're doing a good job." Like when I'm, <laughs> when, it's a true. See, when I'm dancing in the kitchen or something, right, right. right. I naturally kind of keep the beat with my breath, right. So you sure. can hear me just going. You know, in the background, right? And she can always tell because I'll, I'll do this weird little, little duck face, man. I'll just go, mm, uh-huh. doom, 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 you know, and she goes and she'll laugh and she go, I can always tell when you feel like you're doing a good job. And when you, Nate, you're touching your hat, you're looking at it in the camera, you're feeling fly. I can tell that we are all going to love the hat. But most importantly, I'm glad that you love the hat. I love this, too. I got, so, you know, when I was at the game Monday, so as, as I was going, Joe DiBiase, we were at the Caesars uh, mobile 
sports betting t- uh, truck that they that they brought to the game. And right. Joe was like, "What do we wear? Should we wear Bill stuff?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know, we probably should." And I went in my closet. And I'm we moved recently. We moved, you know, the, we're, I still have boxes down here for God's sakes. Um, and I go in my closet. I'm like, "Babe, where's all my Bill stuff?" We're looking, looking. Bruce, I couldn't find any hats. I couldn't find any shirts, any Zubas, nothing. I, it's very possible they didn't make, they didn't make the move over. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go and have to buy new bills gear. So I got this thing. It's like a short sleeve quarter zip. It is fresh to death. And then this hat, I'm not a huge bills hat. I don't like sports teams hats. Cause a lot of them, they don't, they fit my head weird. This one is like a vintagey looking trucker hat. Like I was like, Oh, that is, that's the move. But I digress. I got to get into this because I'm actually very excited to share. I worked, I worked hard on this one. As you, as you might see here, um, I took, I took a lot Love of it. notes for this one. If bills dolphins were a food, Bruce, it would be chicken two days past the cook or freeze by date. It's chicken, right? And it's probably fine, but you find yourself questioning whether or not it might taste right, or it might not be. It's certainly not as fresh as it wants it to, as as you know Wegman's wants me to cook or freeze it by. But it's probably fine. Two days, three days past the a Best Buy date, that's no big deal, right? But there's this level of skepticism, right? It's only two days, or in the case of the Miami Dolphins, it's only two quarters. And you wonder if that second half in Baltimore was a fluke, and you wonder. Should I cook this chicken or should I throw it out and just go get more chicken or switch to another, you know, entree dish for this evening? But for the most part, it's probably fine and you're probably going to enjoy it. And it's going to taste like chicken that is well before it's freeze by or eat by date. But you eat it anyways. You throw it on the grill, you slather up some sauce, you put the dry rubs on it, so on, so be it. Bruce. I don't know whether or not this chicken is to be taken seriously two days after the freeze by date. I just don't know, Bruce. And I'm going to eat it. I'm going to give it a chance. But I'm thinking more likely than not, it's going to be delicious because I make it. And it's going to be delicious when the Bills take down the the, the Miami Dolphins on Sunday at 1 o'clock. But there is skepticism. I do ha- I Listen, there's... There's a, not, fear is the wrong word, a respect that I have for that team. It's two day, it's two games into their new coaching regime, and I like what I'm seeing from Mike McDaniel. It's two games into the Tua, Hill, and Waddle experience, and there's a lot to like. But that offensive line, Taron Armstead, questionable going into this game with a toe injury. Last time I checked, Bruce, I think you need a toe when you're playing offensive line, when you're playing tackle. Tua's blind side. Now, Armstead's a left tackle. Tua's left-handed. His blind side, third string right tackle. So I'm just saying, oh, and by the way, the second worst defense in the league in yards per play. So is it two-day old? Is it going to taste a little funky? Or is it going to be fine? That's the question. I'm really disappointed that you didn't say, is it two-a-day old? <laughs> Shoot. I cannot tell you how disappointed I am. Sugar. You know what? Had you come up with this, you would 100% did that. I probably would have. But that's okay. I'm lame like that. Cam Greasy, really liked my monologue, said Bruce Nukem is what we're going with. I don't know. Are you a Duke Nukem guy, Nate? Are you too young for Duke Nukem? No, I'm not too young. Um, That's that's N64, and I really didn't have N64. Um, I was a Sega Genesis guy. My boot. Your face. The perfect couple. That's that's, that's, that's (laughs) Duke Nukem. So I would have been Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, I would have been... So when I did play N64, I would have been at my buddy's house, and we were GoldenEye guys. Hardcore GoldenEye. So it's very, very important that you know that Duke Nukem was a 1991 Windows game. Wow. It's, so it wasn't an N64 game? So Nintendo 64 was 
Duke Nukem Total Meltdown in 1996. Okay. Okay. But okay, that okay. was like deep into Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem and Duke Nukem 2 were both Windows games. Yeah, definitely. I did DOS, not the and, only, and DOS games. They start off as DOS games. The only Windows game I remember would have been Wolfstein. Okay, that's fair. Wolfenstein is awesome. Wolfenstein, yes, Wolfenstein. Yeah. Wolfenstein was awesome. All right, moving along. Moving along. Food simile. The Dolphins comeback from last week make me feel like. All right, now this one I always thought was going to be fun and challenging. How this do was you challenging. turn an event into a food? Right? Yeah. So, Nate, I'm going to let you start. The okay. Dolphins comeback from last week made me feel like. I'm at a restaurant with all of my friends and we're sharing appetizers and someone orders the calamari and looks at me and says, Nate, just try it. Everyone here likes it. Try the calamari. I know that I'm not going to like the calamari. In fact, you know me, Bruce, big texture guy. It's a smell thing for me too. It does not smell pleasant. Even when it's deep fried and it's got all the fixins, it's not a, it's just not a, it doesn't smell appetizing. It doesn't look appetizing. And I don't want it. I know I don't want it. But people continue to try to make me. It's like they won't stop trying to convince me that I'll like it when I know that I don't. Right. And that means I got to order my own appetizer. And that means I'm probably going to be a little full when I eat dinner. It means I can't eat at any of the bread. But at the same time, Bruce, people get it and they look like they're enjoying it. It's just, I don't like calamari. I never will. And I know I won't. So stop trying to convince me that the Dolphins are an elite football team. Stop, stop trying to convince me that two years and six quarters of football and all of a sudden two is supposed to change my mind. Don't tell me that this restaurant's calamari is different. It's the same as everyone else's calamari. It comes from the sea. It's rubbery. It smells like rancid fish. And your deep fried bread battered crap can't change my mind. And two quarters of football, Bruce, is simply not going to change my mind about Tua just yet. You know, this is some classic Nate Geary soapboxing this evening. You're really the star. I mean, let's be honest. You've always been the star of the show. We know this. I'm just here to support and produce. But there is some, you are in rare form as far as soapboxing about the Dolphins goes tonight. And I am proud to be riding shotgun with you, my friend. So for me, the Dolphins comeback from last week made me feel like I was Joey Chestnut in 2015. I mentioned before be that we were going to have conversations about eating contests, right? Competitive oh, yeah. eating. Joey Chestnut has won 15 of the last 16 hot dog eating contests. But in 2015, he lost Kobayashi, to a right? man named Matt Stoney. Wow, Kobayashi hasn't won in that long? So, we're specifically talking about one type of hot dog eating contest. Just one, and it's Nathan's. That's it. At least this is according to the wiki I looked up a couple hours ago. So, Matt Stoney in 2015 came in and won the Nathan's competitive hot dog eating championship. And the thing that I thought was really interesting about this is for that brief moment, Joey Chestnut was still the dude. He lost by two. Yeah. Right. He was still the dude at that time, but all the attention went to Matt Stoney for a little bit. And meanwhile, Joey Chestnut's sitting here going, dude, I've got, I've got championship after championship here. What, what's going on here? What's happening? Why, why are you, why are you talking about that guy? That guy snuck out a W and all of a sudden he takes all the attention off me. The Buffalo Bills have completely dominated the Miami Dolphins for years. That's right. But the Miami Dolphins put up a great fourth quarter and all of a sudden it's, Oh, this is the game of the week. This would not be the game of the week if Tua doesn't go off in the fourth quarter. One quarter took this from another Dolphins game to the game of the week between undefeated AFC East rivals. And I'm not saying that Matt Stoney is not a worthy hot dog eating contest contestant. He absolutely is. But he's not Joey Chestnut. No. And in order to B 
beat the man, you got to beat the man multiple times. You got to prove you're actually good. And so the sample size for the Miami Dolphins is still very small under new head coach to Mike McDaniel, who I like, by the way. And Tua Tungavaloa, who, by the way, I also like. I like Tua as a person. I like him. I enjoy listening to his interviews. I think he's very, he's refreshingly honest. I really like Tua a lot. I was really I, hoping the Dolphins would draft him. him because I like Tua. I liked him coming out of Alabama. I like his story. I like what's going on. But for me, that's what it felt like. It felt like Matt Stoney and Joey Chestnut in 2015, where you're like, listen, I understand he I understand he's the flavor of right now. Like, I get that. Okay. He, he won a championship. Good for him. But look, dude, scoreboard. And that's how it feels with Sean McDermott yeah. and Josh Allen against the Miami Dolphins. It's just W after W after W. And the thing that's annoying about this is if the Dolphins win, it's going to be a change in the guard. Thing. Uh, we're going to have to wait again. We're yep. going to have to wait to beat him weeks. I would want to play him immediately again. Immediately. Next time. But we don't get to do that. So for me, it's Joey Chestnut, Matt Stoney, 2015, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. By the way, Kobayashi's last win was 2006. Told you. That's crazy to me. I thought that was – that 2006 is how many years ago, Bruce? That is – 16. 20, 16 years ago? Yeah. I It does not feel that long ago that – listen, you know, it's not too long ago that I started betting on the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. So we've really come a long way. You're not a better, are you, Bruce? Not historically. Most of the bets that I have ever placed in my entire life, I have placed with you on this show. <laughs> now, to be fair, I think I've won every single one we've ever made. Nate, yeah, you have. PJ in the comment section says, Nate looking like the godfather <laughs> on here. He's got his cat on his lap. I was actually going to go with Dr. Evil is Ooh, where yes. I was going. Yes. Throw me a freaking bone. The Bills are going to win by one billion Billion. Fafillion. Shabbity do. You know, it's funny because I was, I was singing, um, I was singing the Dr. Evil song, you know, the, the one where he makes about mini me. Just the two of us. From the moment I heard Frau say I had to clone, knew I'd be safe because I'd never, never be, be alone. alone. And evil doctor shouldn't speak a lot about his feelings. My hurt and pain don't make me too appealing. You know, like, come on. It's such a good song. Are we making a remix of that, Bruce? That I think we like, might be. I think it might I be. Think, it's just the two of us, except it's it's Nate. It is just Bruce. the two of us. It's just the two of us. Wow. We're going to make it happen. And people don't know, you could be my mini-me. I could be. I absolutely could be. That's a that's a real possibility that I would be your mini-me. Although I think we've established that I'm, I'm, I'm markedly a different age than you. Uh, that's what we tell people. Yeah. Or we could be lying. Right. Who knows? I hear that I hear that lying is all the rage on the internet nowadays. Bruce could be 18. I could be. This could all be and, and, an elaborate. And Miss Nolan could really be literally Miss Nolan, his mother. Oh man, if that's the case, I have some explaining to do. <laughs> <laughs> About I have to go delete some tweets, Nate. <laughs> okay, what touche. A, this this touche. show, man. What is this go show right anymore? I don't know. It just is what it is. We're in. We're in. We're. In, I'm in my basement. I don't know where you are in in conjunction in your I'm home. I'm in the, the studio. That's where I'm at. I'm in the studio. My this will soon be a studio. By the way, I finally got. Uh, I, I I'm getting them framed this week. So next time you see me, hopefully there'll be a poster. Uh, a framed poster there and a framed poster uh, over here as well, next to the TVs. Literally no one at this point tunes into the show for hard-hitting football analysis. We're all just here to laugh and have no. a good time on a Friday night. That's that's a fact. I mean, God, God, listen, if you wanted hard-hitting analysis, you'd go you'd go listen to Joe Marino. You know, there, there's too many great Bills podcasts for you and me. Um, They'd listen to the Bruce exclusive. Thank right? you. They, <laughs> You're literally on with a podcaster who does football philosophy on Thursdays. My gosh. Listen, Sam Samson doesn't give a crap about the Bruce exclusive podcast. No, he does not. He should, though. He should. He is into he's into catalytics. Oh, there we go. Catalytics. It's very good. Patton says the Dolphins game made me feel like a night of drinking tequila. It felt great at the time. And then I threw up all over myself. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's that that's that's a good one. That's absolutely a good one. I think we had another one up here that was going to Patton said my appetizer analogy for this game is that if it's a salad, it might be good, it might be bad, it might be bland. Either way, it won't greatly impact my opinion of the meal. That's a really good one. Ooh. That's a really good one. Yeah. I like that one. And Bruce, you know, we should probably now I got now I got hair all over yeah, me. All right, hair, it's literally in the camera frame. We can see it floating in the ether. It looks like someone's having eye floaties, like someone's <laughs> having like a detached retina, and we have eye floaties, except it's cat hair and it's in your camera. That's I pet them is. a lot. I petted them a lot. So wow, this is a lot. It's everywhere. Holy cow, bro. What's they're up coming, with you? They're coming for you. Um so Alfred okay. Hitchcock's next film, The Hair. The hair. <laughs> The hair of the cat, and it's hair of the dog, but they really meant hair of the cat. Um, we got this whole show. I know we're not a hard-hitting takes football take show, but we should probably end on before we get to winners and losers. We should probably end on talking about the injuries because it feels like an unprecedented moment in Sean McDermott's tenure as a head coach. He just has whether do we want to call it luck? I mean, there is a there is a level of luck in there. Um but whatever this training program they do is, I think I think it matters that, you know, on campus they've got such great facilities and guys want to be here in the offseason and, you know, they can, they can monitor and the weight training and preventative training. Um, this, is the mo- this is the longest injury list I've ever seen in a Sean McDermott coach team. You know, it's ironic that you would mention this. I actually wrote an article that we'll post on buffalorumlinks.com specifically about this. And it's titled, With Injuries Piling Up, New Bills Faces May Be Key to Victory Over the Dolphins. And what I mentioned in this is that championship teams have championship-level depth or championship-level luck. Mm. And the last Mm. couple of years, the Buffalo Bills have received championship-level injury luck. But because you can't count on that level of luck every single year, that's right. You must make sure that you are establishing championship level depth. And I understand that it's impossible to have really good players at every spot on your depth chart. That's just not the way it works. But you can have competent players who don't embarrass you. And that's really what you got to have because you have yeah. enough star power to carry you. It's the exact same way when it comes to dynasty fantasy football that you and I are part of. You recently made a trade today. To try Again. and get some better players, right? And my starting lineup is good in Dynasty. The reason that I'm one two years back to back is because as That's I right. suffer injuries, I can just throw waves and waves and waves of solid, reasonable players at you. That's right. Whereas somebody else, they suffer one injury, one suspension, it's all over. It's done. Your your year's toast. But Last year, people go down waves and waves. Joe Burrow goes down the first year I acquire him. Waves and waves and waves of players. I can just keep throwing them at you. Saquon Barkley goes down. First year I got him. Boom, waves of players. And this is the way it comes down to the Buffalo Bills. Hmm. Is that I'm not expecting C.J. Brewer to be Jordan Phillips. What I want is I want C.J. Brewer to not be a liability against the Dolphins offensive line that is not great. Because... What makes the coaching successful with depth is not your ability to turn undrafted players who are on your practice squad into stars overnight. It's your ability to make sure they don't embarrass you. Just hang on. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's what depth actually is. How many times have you heard the phrase over and over and over again? This is the trope. When you have a backup quarterback come in, just go 500, right? Right. Correct. Yeah. How is that any different than this? Totally Just tread water. Jaquan Johnson, you've been in the system, my man. I understand that you are not a stellar straight-line athlete. And you know what? If Sean McDermott plays a ton of a ton of one high and Leslie Frazier plays a ton of one high with Jaquan Johnson having to do full-field reads, then it's on them because that's not who Jaquan Johnson is. Right. That's never been who he was coming out of Miami. We knew that who wasn't who he was. But if you ask Jaquan Johnson to do Jaquan Johnson things and say, listen, we know you're not Micah Hyde. That's okay. We know you're not Jordan Poyer. That's okay. But you've been in the system. You know what you're supposed to do. Go do the thing. And when it comes to the new guys, Kair Elam, you were probably disappointed 
that you started this year splitting time with six-round rookie Christian Benford. Now is your time. Now is your time. That straight-line speed that we talked about all off-season long when it came to CB2 and how much that would matter against people like Tyreek Hill, all right, albeit we thought it was going to be the Chiefs' Tyreek Hill. That's how right. much things like that would matter. How much being able to man up would matter. How much having that closing speed would matter. Now is it time to matter. Mm. Kyrie Ulam, you had a couple games under your belt. You're on a 4-3-9. Now's the time. Bruce, um, did we just take turns soapboxing? Yeah, it's a little bit like beatboxing, how you kind of go back bit. and forth. You know, you, but you, know, and then you, you pass it on. Yeah, you pass it on to me, and I'm passing it back to you. Yeah, I, I'm into that. We, Actually, we, can, we can soapbox with the best of them, you and me. No doubt about it. Bruce Exclusive is just basically a 25-minute soapbox for me. And I go off on – we talk about Latin on my show. Latin and, yeah, so you know, right. all sorts of weird stuff because that's what we do. No, that's right. I mean, that's the cool thing about this show is, you know, I take – we do take some notes, guys. Just so you know, I and everyone should know this. A little bit of preparation goes into this show. But part of the great part about it is we put together, Bruce will send me day of, usually day before, the rundown of the show, just the categories. Bruce does not say, hey, Nate, I think you should grab this, this, and this. Bruce simply says, here are the things we're going to talk about in the broadest sense. He literally just gives me the topics that scroll under your screen. And then it it is up to our both of our creative. Listen, we're well, well into a year into this podcast. And the creativity continues to flow, Bruce. It just is, it's surprising it's lasted this long, the creativity on the food, on the food end of this. We're making it work. We, we are. continually make it work. So let's get winners and losers. Let's do it. You want to start uh, with winners, winners or losers? Let's start with winners. Okay. Winners. I'm not going to touch on it very long. Okay. It's Tua. Tua okay. changed the entire narrative of this game with one quarter of football. It's that simple. The entire narrative of this game yeah. is different because of one quarter of football. The pivot point for an entire five days of sports conversation happened because of Tua. That's a W. Yeah. That's it, huh? That's it. What you got? Biggest winner. I'm going to go with a different quarterback, a quarterback that no one seems to be talking about. No one, Bruce. Do you? And let me, let me give you one more hint and ask you to guess who the quarterback I'm going to talk to you about is. All right. This is a quarterback that really, since he was drafted, has been talked about as not being good enough and had a great coach, got to the promised land, was traded, and is now was sort of jettisoned, like just sent to, basically sent to his impending death. And from the ashes, he rise, Bruce. Carson Wentz. Jared Goff. Ah, Jared Goff. Okay. Jared Goff is rising from the ashes, Bruce. And he looks better than he did at any time playing under Sean McVay. And that's saying something because he got his team to a Super Bowl. And I know he threw 30, 33 touchdowns or whatever. Bruce, the quarterback, I it was so much so, Bruce, that I went back and I watched the all 22 this week of the Eagles game. This is not my job. The talking about the Lions, right? I went back and watched the all 22 of the Eagles. And all 22 last week against um, the, the the commanders. And, Bruce, I was in awe of the command he has for the offense. The trust the offensive coordinator, the new offensive coordinator, has in Jared Goff. And the connection between him and Amon Ross St. Brown Dude. is absolutely real. It is. How good is Amon Ross St. Brown? In the same way, Bruce, that Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs together, they're both elevating their game. Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown together are elevating their game. And here's the thing, Bruce. Here's why I, I just don't know that there's a better situation in the NFL for Jared Goff to be in. You have a top five offensive line. You have a top five tight end, top 10 tight end. He's not been great to start the year, but he's top five talent. You think you, more highly of T.J. Hawkinson than I do, I think. I think he's got top five talent. Uh, he's not right now. I mean, numbers-wise, through two games, he's been very – but the offense is flowing through him on Ross St. Brown. I like D.J. Shark as a, as a number two, number three guy. This offense, 
has Jamison Williams coming pretty soon here, bro. Like mm-hmm. six, seven, eight weeks when he gets off, whenever he's ready to come back, I think he's on the on the IR, so he'll be available after week six. They've got a heck of a run game with DeAndre Swift. Right now, Bruce, 4.7 yards per carry, Bruce, before contact. Not 4.7 yards per carry. 4.7 yards before they're touched, Bruce. I mean, a lot of people, rightfully so, are talking about Josh Allen and this Bills offense. They're probably the best offense in the league right now. The Kansas City Chiefs, they continue to be a machine on the offensive side of the ball. Now people want to talk about Miami, even though they scored one touchdown a week ago. You know, they scored a lot of points and threw for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. I think the Detroit Lions are being grossly under-talked about. And my man, Jared Goff, is having a career revival. And if he can lead this Lions team, which, to be straight with you right now, Bruce, the NFC is light. The NFC West is a joke. It, that conference, Bruce, is wide open. I don't believe they'll have the goods to win that division. They absolutely can push for a wild card spot. And it would not shock me, Bruce, if they won a playoff game. And if they do that. How do you draft another quarterback? I think you – Jared Goff's not 30 years old, he's is he? I mean, Jared Goff is – he's 27. He's at the prime. He's not even really truly hitting the prime. He's, he's two years older than Josh Allen. So I, I think a lot of us, rightfully so, I know Sean McVay and Les Snead left him for dead on the side of the road. And here he is reviving his career on maybe one of the most likable teams in the NFL, my biggest winner, the man, Jared Goff. Love it. Love it. I'm a huge Amon Ross St. Brown guy, as you know. So I, I, I love to see it. I absolutely love to see it. Love what the Lions are doing. All right, biggest loser from this week. You want to go first? Uh, yeah, and I mean, right. Padden, Padden, of course, kind of stole my thunder on this one, but it's got to be Nathaniel Hackett. Um, And frankly, it's probably should have been our biggest loser last week. Nathaniel Hackett through two games, the decision-making has not been good. Um, I don't know what to make of the Denver Broncos. To me, Wilson, I don't know what to make of Russell Wilson anymore, man. And now we're now the, the kind of the honeymoon's over with him in Denver already. And that was, it's an early exit from the honeymoon, but I don't know if you heard the Richard Sherman podcast, but and KJ, Wright, I mean, two captains from that Super Bowl team and part of the Legion of boom. Right. And then you see this, you know, the run pass video, it's as cringy as cringe can be. Right. And I've been on a lot of sidelines. Let, in the NFL, that is a very weird thing. I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. But what I'll say overall is Nathaniel Hackett, really from every level, he's the son of a coach, a very successful, I believe, high school or college coach, his dad was. He was the offensive coordinator under Doug Marone. And if you remember, had those duties kind of plucked from him, right, because it was young in his career. Then he goes and he's the offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then after the Jaguars, he goes to Green Bay, right? At no point, Bruce, has Nathaniel Hackett ever really run his offense. He ran Doug Marone's offense in Buffalo and then again in Jacksonville. And I don't know what his role was as offensive coordinator, but he wasn't calling plays. And it was Matt, La- it was Mike or Matt LaFleur's offense in Green Bay. I don't know. And I questioned that hire from the beginning, Bruce. I start to ask the question, like, what, is, what makes Nathaniel Hackett qualified to be a head coach in the NFL? And I'm not sure that he is, to be quite frank. My biggest loser for the week is Baker Mayfield. How reasonably competent do the Browns look right now? Do you know the Browns with Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback are a top five offense in the NFL right now? Yep, yep. Jacoby Brissett. Is Jacoby Brissett better than Baker Mayfield, Nate? Is that what? Uh, well, the fact, no, that's all I needed to hear. You don't even have to answer it. 
the fact that I can pose that question and you can go, ah, that's all we need to know. Because Baker Mayfield's the biggest loser. If you thought that you're Baker Mayfield, you're going to go to Carolina and you're going to prove that you should be a starting quarterback next year for a team, you didn't. You haven't. The Panthers look like a disaster. The Browns look shockingly competent on offense. Yeah, yeah. Defense is a completely different story. Their secondary leaves something to be desired. But thankfully, Mitch Trubisky and Matt Canada cannot take advantage. So, Baker Mayfield just ends up looking bad. Really bad. Because he's not playing well. And his replacement, who was expected to be a lower-level placeholder, just don't screw it up, is coming in, is playing shockingly competent, And it's taking advantage of Amari Cooper in a way that Baker Mayfield never did for Odell Beckham. That's right. Ever. That's right. Baker Mayfield very, very likely is not going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL by a preferred franchise. Like they're going to say, yes, he's the guy I want for 2023. Can I say though that Ben McAdoo is not doing him any favors? Yeah, absolutely. Ben, you can absolutely do that. He needs but, to throw but, the ball but to let's, shoot, let's go apples to apples, okay? Jacoby Brissett looks better in the Browns' offense than Baker Mayfield looked in the Browns' offense. That's right. That's right. I guess I part of me as being a semi-Baker defender is that I just would like to see him get in an offense where he gets to line up in shotgun and, and run a Bruce Arian-style offense. But he's not. And this is probably his last – he's probably got – what 15 games Bruce to turn it around otherwise what he's the Bills backup quarterback next year I don't think that I think there's plenty of teams that wouldn't want him as a backup quarterback specifically just because of the personality and if you're if you have if you have that kind of personality and you're not a preferred starter what are you in the NFL what are you Cam Newton you're Cam Newton I mean Cam Cam Newton's also shot but Cam Newton But ironically enough, he's shot to a shoulder injury, which is what Baker Mayfield had. True. So that's ironic. That's That's the losers for this week. Ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We did all the things. We made it through an hour of Nate and I soapboxing about food and Tua and Dolphins fans and the whole thing. The whole thing. I hope you – we rapped about mini-me. and You um, complete me. Exactly. Mini me, yeah. you'll complete me. And we we did the hand motions like Nate just did into the into the camera. And it was a good time. And I hope you had some fun with us. I hope you laughed along. I hope you enjoyed the weekend. I hope we trample the mammal because we don't say squish the fish because the dolphins are not fish, they're mammals. So trample the mammal is what we're going with. And most importantly, I hope you didn't leave hungry. <laughs> 